my top five podcasters, Chris, 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 Chris Lambert, and probably myself, but this ain't about that. The mundane festival is where you at. If you've been tapped in, you know what's up. If you're a first-timer, hey, welcome to the club. The cost of admission is simply a subscription. Then rating and reviewing it wherever you listen. Don't worry about change-ups. The cast won't break up. Even with that million-dollar contract, show up a stand-up guy who's a stand-up comedian with a stance on everything from food to media. So welcome to the show. Please take your seat. Let's find out what he's got in store this week. Who, me? I'm Don. Will you open the act? Thanks for coming out. Please clap. The Mundane Festival with your host, Chris Lambert. Welcome back to another edition of the Mundane Festival Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Lambert, recording this episode for the week of Sunday, September 10th, 2023. Remember, as always, you can subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast listing apparatus. If you're really into this thing, go over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Subscribe. Yeah, it's good. Listen to it. Uh, If you really want to take your love and appreciation of this show to an even deeper level, go over to patreon.com slash mundane festival and subscribe. It's three bucks a month for hours and hours and hours of bonus content. This is episode 673. I have a special guest. I'm not here alone. Aren't you glad I'm not here alone spewing my ideas into the abyss? I have a wonderful guest, her first time on the show, making her debut, the very lovely and talented Lania Wiles. How are you, Lania? I'm doing great in yourself. sir. I, I can't complain. I'm 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 doing all right. I'm hanging in there. Well, you are not alone. Ooh, vocals. Ooh, okay. <laughs> <Messing with you. laughs> written I'm by here. written and, and performed I- by two problematic faves, Michael Jackson and R. Kelly, right? Yes. If I'm not exactly. mistaken. <laughs> That's always the best way to start. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. It's all good. How are you? I'm doing fine. I'm loving this weather. I know everybody said that summer ended. I'm like, no, it didn't. Cabin no, it did. It it is still. It is coming in hot. Yeah, I think. I think for the past couple of weeks, it was pretty nice and temperate. I was in Wisconsin uh, last month. It was beautiful. I was down by Lake Michigan. It was awesome. And then we get back. The past couple of days have been sweltering. Yeah. So I'm, I've been in the pool just trying to live it up as much as possible before we get hit with them storms because that'll be here in five minutes. That's coming soon. Yeah. That's, <laughs> oh, my God. So did you did you so you're still making the most out of your summer? How how was your summer? Yeah, it, it's been all over the place, I guess you could say, you know, sure. enjoy it. Well, first. I've let you know beforehand, not obviously on the show since it's my first time that I bought a house with my fiance. Yes. So we bought it in the mountain and we didn't know what that there are mountain problems. <laughs> let's just okay, let's speak on speak on some of these mountain problems because this is kind of going into the realm of like what my man uh Rod from the Black Eye Who Tips call like black executive fan fiction. 
So you're like the the Megan Good character. Your fiance is like uh, Michael Ely. You come to a house. You got a nice place. What what's going on? <laughs> so I remember specifically asking this realtor. Oh, okay. This house has well water. What are the differences? They're like, oh, not too many differences. You don't pay a water bill. Sounds perfect, doesn't it? Right. And then uh, to celebrate, we go to fill the jacuzzi. I put the chemicals like I'm supposed to, which is chlorine. And I had chocolate water. Straight up brown chocolate water. Oh, no. Like, what the hell is going on here? All right. Come to find out with wells and places like this, um, there's a lot of iron in the Mm. water. So when you put the chlorine, it's oxidizing and it turns into rust. Oh, wow. City girl don't know that kind of stuff. Yeah. I was lying <laughs> Well, at least you don't have like a murderous stalker uh, trying to attack you and your fiance. Like, yeah, in, the, like in that movie with, uh, I don't I forget his name. But yeah, anyway, that's, well, learn, if there's a learning curve. <laughs> yeah, like it's, there's, there's a learning curve. Hell yeah. And there's but, like this weird um box like wooden box thing way because we have a lot of land but it's way on like the right corner and i don't know what's in that box huh we're like is it a body like what's going on over here oh it's so it's a bit it's a big box it's oh yeah it's pretty big oh wow you um that is um and then marshland uh, afterwards so it's like what happened here yeah you're you're in you're in the the poconos right yeah do you, how do you like it other than the that weird box and the the well water? I I like it. I feel like some kind of Disney princess or something. Okay. You just have like deer walking up to you and stuff. I'm not used to that. Um, being you know raised in New York and everything, mm-hmm. and born and raised there my whole life, so that's different. Got butterflies and hummingbirds and all them things. I'm like, oh my god, I'm a Disney princess or something, you know. So, so, so do you need recordings of like sirens and, and people hollering to go to sleep? I just saw right before we, we uh, started, I was on Instagram and there was that the the website, the the, the page, uh, it's called your NYC. Yeah. And like they had this woman complaining about like she can't get a bacon, egg and cheese at the deli or whatever because she's not in the city anymore and all that. Yeah, it's definitely me doing all of that myself, bringing okay. my orchidness to my house. And um, I remember being a little nervous, not knowing, you know, what the neighborhood would be like exactly. Sure. The morning after closing, I saw a woman, a black woman with a big bonnet on her head, walking her dog. And I like, you, like huh. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, no, that's. That's that's true. Like when you see when you see black people somewhere where you would think they we'd be scarce, it's just kind of like, okay, so the other people do exist up here. Yeah, it's way more diverse than I would have thought. It's like everybody left New York and just decided to live in a mountain together. That's because it's not because we were talking. The reason that sparked this, like I had wanted you to be on the show for a long time, but then I saw you at. uh mike and brandon's taping last week and i was like i gotta have you on the show like you're you're i met you at a comedy outlier show years ago 
and I met your mom, but I hadn't met your dad. And then they both told me your origin story, your whole birth. Oh my God. And uh, your parents were really, really sweet. So, I mean, without telling that, because when, when I have someone on for the first time, we usually, we talk about current events and everything like that, but we also, we also like to do like origin stories. So you're, you're born and raised in Queens, right? I was born in Manhattan, oh, raised Manhattan. in Hempstead and Queens. Okay. Yeah. So in both of them. Um, I started acting when I was four professional. Well, we don't have to, we'll get it. We'll get into that. We'll get and into that. that. Yeah. What, what was it? Well, oh, I forgot to ask. How, did you and your parents make it to the restaurant you were going to go to? We did. I was okay. like, there's nothing to worry about. Okay. Because you're at two in the morning. Oh, they cook. Wow. That's, That's amazing. Yeah. You don't find you don't find that many places in the city anymore that that stay open that late. It used to be the city that never sleeps. Yeah. Now. And I remember I remember even before the pandemic, I was in Times Square and I remember kind of this might have been 2017, 2018, something like that. But remember having a hard time finding a place to eat after doing a show at Caroline's, just like walking like yeah. west of go, going close to the highway and then find West Side Highway and then finally finding something. Yeah, it was gradually before the pandemic getting quieter and quieter, and I did notice that. Yeah. So the food you went to a Colombian spot, right? Yeah, we did. Um, okay. And it was delicious, like usual. Cool. Like cool. So, <laughs> so born in born in Manhattan, raised in Queens. What is, what is that like? Paint paint a picture of that for me. You have you had a a brother, older brother. I do. Older and brother. He does sculpting. Okay. Through illustration, and he actually did some work on Spawn, but um. Oh wow. Sculpting, like three D sculpting and stuff. He oh, like the. To, yeah, he knows how to deal also with his hands, like the manual sculpting, but he's doing three D. Oh, that's cool. So two artists. Yeah. Oh, that's it seems your parents are super simple. That's good. (laughs) A lot of times you don't have that. I was fortunate enough to have it, but a lot of people they it's it's hard. It's really hard. It is. And sometimes, you know, you have to remind yourself how I guess lucky or fortunate you are, you know, to have a support system like that. Sure, sure. But um, so what it was like, basically, for me growing up, um, I was going to school in in Long Island, like out in uh, Hicksville, and um, I was still going to auditions despite anything. And back in that time, people were even less understanding about children being in the business and stuff. Really? Oh, my God. Are you serious? Even still? Because like you're you're. I think you're like, I know how women are with their age, but you're younger than me. I'm 43. You're younger than me. Yeah. So I would think like New York, New York area, it wouldn't be that big of a deal. Yeah. People, well, they but knew you were four when you started? It was, yes. Okay. It was like this people knew I did it. If, you know, I let them know. Mm-hmm. It's, like you had to it was okay if people saw the end result but the auditioning and stuff like that people are not going to understand and not going to be understanding because it was during school hours 
Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, now what? You know, uh, this doctor's appointment, or you know, because instead of having to explain things every right. single time you have an audition, it's like I got this doctor's appointment, I got this going, uh, you know. Instead, me is sick. you know because like i said they were even less understanding of that back then you know now social media and kids on instagram having hundreds of thousands i think people get it better and now things you already know are virtual too so that's something that's that makes it more convenient it wasn't like that i my mom was picking me up from school and taking me to auditions and that's how it was you know? Now I want to I want to I want to put a pin in that for a little bit. I want to talk about like the initial spark. Was it for you? Or is it just like your mom and dad? Like, oh, our our kid's cute. We're gonna try to make money off of her. It was definitely me. <laughs> oh, oh, it was you. It was you. Okay, so you were a ham. You were a ham as a baby. Yeah. I used to um, first and foremost with the cartoons and the intros. I would like act those out and stuff. The sure. um, Chip and Dale and all of that. Sure. Dale trying to act like that, and I had a kindergarten teacher who noticed those things about me, and she said to my family, "Like I know a manager, and she definitely should get into that." You know, mm. so I already knew that I wanted to perform from a very okay. okay. So it wasn't put upon you. You, you wanted to do it and your parents were supportive. That's good. Yeah. I, I read last year, uh, Jeanette McCurdy from, uh, she had, she had this book called I'm glad my mom died. Cause her, her mom was, she was a star on one of those Nickelodeon shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and she had a, she had a bestseller. Oh God. I forget what show she was on. She was on, uh, it was, it's past my time, past both of our time. Uh, but she was on iCarly. Oh, that's not, she, that's not yeah. beyond our time. Well, I mean, I, we, we were, were both, definitely, we were adult, we were adults back <laughs> by then. I was 27 when, when that show came. So, yeah. like, I mean, I'm sure you remember it. Like, Miranda Cosgrove, I remember seeing her. I didn't watch it though. I didn't watch it either, but I remember seeing her in School of Rock. That was the that Jack Black movie that was amazing. But anyway, she her mother kind of forced her into it, and her mother was had cancer. It's it's very good. It's very good. I, I like. I thought it was terrific. New York Times bestseller. So your 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 parents were your mom was really supportive of you. You'd be going to these auditions as a kid. What was that like? What? How much of it do you remember doing it? What was your, do you remember your first gig that you got? The first one that I got, I remember having to work with Philip Morris for like an anti-smoking campaign. Okay. And, um, I had to like keep saying like a particular phrase, but I don't remember now what it was. Sure. And I was on the stoop. Was it mommy, mommy, I need help? Yes. Okay. Mommy, mommy, I need help. Yeah, it was anti-smoking. That's That was the first thing I did. And then I remember a Tylenol commercial too. Was, wow. Those were like the first couple ones. Um, and then I, I remember doing a commercial for like USA Network as well. That one was a lot of fun. 
and I had like my little fake family. There's certain um, families, fake families I had that I'm still in touch with. <laughs> like, wow. From back then. Uh, okay. Yeah. And then it just kept progressing from there into uh, radio spots and uh, films, everything, whatever I could get into, I was doing it ads. So were you, and you were doing that all through a high school. So was that like elementary and high school? So were you ever in any of the school plays or anything, or was that beneath you? I was in it. It was funny. I actually wanted to just be with the regular kids as I sure. put it. Uh, the civilians. Yeah. Yeah. My, my mom was like, you should go to a professional, you know, children's school, this, that, and the other, or, you know, there's LaGuardia or whatever, the fame school. Yeah. I was like, nah, <laughs> I, mean, I didn't want to hear that. I just wanted normalcy. I'm like, it's probably going to be super clicky. It's probably going to be this, that, and the other. So I, I ended up going, I don't know, in retrospect, I wish I didn't. Uh, I oh, went really? A Catholic high school. I did too. Yeah. Yeah. All from preschool to really undergrad. God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. my elementary and middle school was a Lutheran school. And okay. then my high school and college, those were both Catholic. Where, where you went to St. John's, right? Yeah. And where and where'd you where'd you go to high school? What was your high school? I went to Holy Trinity, but I told people I was homeschooled for several years. Why? Why did you do that? I did not have a good experience in my opinion. Um oh. well, and, why? What was the reason well, for you? Well, I told you the thing about not wanting to, you know, experience the clickiness and all sure. that. Sure. It, it was still there. Oh, that's still, everywhere. Yeah. High school, so what was I thinking, you know? Yeah. Besides that, we had a very racist dean that was throwing mm. out all the black and brown kids. So I was one of the last ones left that wow. graduated from the school. So that teamed up with having a regular job because I wanted to see what it felt like. What was your regular um, job? I was acting since I was a kid. So I was like, well, I want to see what a regular nine to five, you know, job feels like. What and was that? What was your first I nine to five? Working, I was working at Wilson's Leather. Okay. Yep. Leather jackets and coats. All right. So I wanted to see what that felt like. So I was balancing school, trying to stay on the honor roll, that as well as acting. So sure. it was a lot of pressure, lots of anxiety. You're busy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I was used to balancing a whole bunch of things at the same time. Yeah. yeah. So you you and did you ever do do any of the high school plays at all? Do you, I did. What'd you do? Oh, what, I never answered your question. No, that's uh, okay. You, oh, you, you I did the Laramie project. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. I Initially, because I used to, what I hated also was the fact that I had to choose arts. For example, like you were either able to be in choir or take art class, which still meant you took gym, or you were in the theater arts program, which you took dance. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I'm missing like another thing. I'm like, I want all of it because I just yeah. like to create. I was like, oh, how can I? I want to paint, man. I also want to act, you know? So, sure. but, um, so initially I wasn't in the, um, acting program, but then I went into it and that was a lot of fun, but I still felt different because everybody was mostly into theater. Mm -hmm. 
And I've always loved like on screen. I, I do both, but yeah. I still prefer TV and film. The most. What's what's the major difference for you? Because I, I think people probably get tired of me talking about it. What, what's somebody who, who also does their thing on the stage and screen? So for me, I love nothing more. It's just a personality trait of mine. I'm very one and done with things. So I like to, I don't mind taking like a million takes <laughs> if sure. we have for some reason and then never having to deal with it ever again. Like that's just my personality. Yeah. Okay. Like you leave it up to me, you know, when it comes to having kids, I'll have twins to get it done with. And, and that's it. And I never had kids get like, that's just how I am. When I had my wisdom teeth taken, out, I had all four taken out at the same time because I don't mm-hmm. want to. Do it again. You know? <laughs> sure. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. So, so you would so you wouldn't want to do like Broadway, like do it like a straight. Oh, I, I would. I told you. Okay. Yeah. I, I just love acting, period. So I would yeah. not throw myself off to that. Um and I mean it's other performers will say, yeah, it's a different experience still, like each night, but mm-hmm. yeah, I just have a thing with like repetition. That's the only reason. Sure. It is a it is a different beast. And the there's more in in film and TV, it's a lot of hurry up and wait. And it's just like you just say, Lisa, I think it's time for us to move on. We gotta get out of here. And they're like, cut, okay, and then you gotta wait. Let's change this lighting. And then you gotta go, you gotta it's it it is a lot. I remember my dad telling me one time I we had to do overtime. I did an episode of uh um high maintenance um and it they we went into overtime and uh it was long they was so long and it was still it was still fun because you're doing what you love to do and my dad my dad said to me he's like it's not like you thought it was huh he was just testing me and i was like no it's better it's way better Because you know that check is because when you when you start to think and I, I want to get I want to get into um SAG stuff too, but like when you get into the money of it all and the practicality of it, where it's like they tell you to come and they don't use you. You're in costume and they say, Oh, can you come back tomorrow? You ever got one of those? Yeah. I remember my first time that happening to me. Uh, I was doing this pilot for this show on NBC and um the the i guess the pa was said hey chris we're gonna need you to come in tomorrow and i think the pa assistant was behind me and she was doing the money sign like you're gonna get more money i was like all yeah. right i'll be there i'll be yeah. here tomorrow yeah no it's like it's 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 pretty cool when you think I about like it the all theater and stuff, i do like the instant feedback that you get yes yeah and for me believe it or not like you know how People try to give you the tip like, oh, if you're nervous or something, just look above people's heads and stuff like that. Believe it or not, for me, I've always felt more comfortable looking directly at people. So mm. with like stand up comedy, that felt yeah. good to me. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, I yeah. look right in the face. You know? You're absolutely right. That's that's I think I that's the that reason. Yeah. yeah, I think that's the reason why I love stand up, too. It's just there's the immediacy of it. The fact that you know what they think once you say what you say. And in theater, it's so much different. I just ask because I could see you doing, you're at the ripe age of doing some August Wilson. 
Yeah. Then doing some like, I don't know, like what two trains running? Probably you're too young for fences. But I can see you doing that stuff and doing like contemporary, you know, there's like great contemporary stuff because it's so much, it's so much out there. Um, I'm not a big musical theater guy, but I, I love seeing it because I think they're so talented. Like one of my closest friends from grad school is in, um, in Shucked right now, the musical. And it's, it's not something that I would normally go see, but the fact that he was in it, I was like, okay, I'm going to see this. And I was like, oh my God, this is so great. It was fun. I'm the same way. I'm more into straight plays usually. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I'll but I'll check out, like you said, I'll check out a musical and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I, I like did the musical thing a little bit when I did like a gospel musical. Okay, and I, for me it was rough because my character had to like scream, shout, and cry, and mm-hmm. then sing right after, and so it's like yeah, my throat getting all globby and stuff. From sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, and that was every day. I was like, yeah, I don't know about that. There's a lot of control and a lot of it's it's uh super talented people that do that stuff. And you yeah. you're one of them, but it's just like it's it's like it's insane when you watch that, when you watch people like just kill it like that. And then you gotta you then like you gotta do it again tonight. Exactly. Like you, this is the matinee. You got to not only that, but you got to do it about eight times a week. Mm-hmm. And it's yes, it's 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 uh, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. Like end of the day, I'd rather just be employed acting. So, yeah, it would yeah. be nice. I, I would want, hope to one day have the feeling of being a series regular, mm-hmm. being in, being in the top five of a call sheet and uh, reporting, doing, you know. Yeah, it's it's one. It's a uh, that's the dream. Um, Do you have an ideal role? Ideal role is probably like a detective on a on a. It would be nice to do. I like procedurals. It would be nice to do something like that, like a a, a detective or a, a a lawyer or a doctor. Because I grew up like when I knew that I wanted to do this, like for real, for real. I was watching like. First off, I mean New York Undercover. I was in high school. I mean, can you like you get to you get to solve cases, wear cool clothes, and then you hang out at Natalie's at the end, and like one of the top the top R and B singers in the in the world are singing at the club. That's awesome. So, it was still like Big Wolf. Yes, yes, you're catching bad guys. Yeah. So you know, it, you know that that's one thing, and then. Andre Brower in Homicide, Life on the Street. I love Andre Brower. Then he also did like this short-lived ABC series called Gideon's Crossing. Mm. And that's the first time like I, I saw Russell Hornsby, who's like a great stage and, and film actor. But then like the best to me is like one of these, like one of these um like serious hbo dramas like that whatever it is like one of those serious serious shows yeah. being a like a like a true detective being being a flawed cop or or like like mayor of east town that kind of stuff yeah. what about you i want to be a superhero okay or, or an anti-hero you know yeah 
you don't get to see women of color do that to be like a, an anti-hero, like somebody that's, I guess maybe would Carrie Washington be close with a uh, scandal? I suppose so. Like somebody that's flawed, but you, you still root for them anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't really see it that much. I'm trying during, to think. Uh, during the lockdown, I was writing a series. Okay. And, and she's more of an anti-hero role. So. Yeah. Cause that's fun. That's always fun to play. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's easy to be like the good guy and all that stuff. But like, I mean, I was, I just saw the equalizer three last week and it's like, yes, yeah, it's, it's fun to kick ass. Nobody likes a bully. I always say, but it's fun to kick ass and be that dude. But then it's also fun to be the bad guy and you can kind of chew up scenery in that way. But, um, sometimes those characters can be like, I mean, they make them three dimensional, but sometimes they can just kind of be like flat and one dimensional. But when you get to do a something on the scale of a a Tony Soprano or a, a Walter White or I mm. forget, I forget uh, Carrie's Washington's character in um, Scandal, but yeah. but you want to be like her Definitely. or some or something else. That's cool. Do you ever watch um, Eastbound and Down? Of course. Yeah. I like I wanted her to be an asshole like that, but you still wanted Kenny to win. Mm-hmm. Now are so, you talking about vice principals or eastbound and down? I'm thinking eastbound and down still. Uh, I think okay. Both. Okay, because vice principals, I I thought you were talking thinking about uh who's the woman in that? Oh, you're just we're just talking anti-heroes. I thought yeah, you were yeah. talking about Kim. No, not females, no. Kim get Kim Gregory, who was on the show. Who played the 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 vice principal on the TV series? That's what I was thinking of. Yeah, I feel like there need to be more female antiheroes. Yeah, but I agree. I'm trying I'm to think. Five guys get to have all the fun with it. So yeah, the dudes we get to have all the fun when it comes <laughs> to that kind of stuff. That's that's one of those things where there's I guess there's start like I even liked the series. It was okay. That that show that Zazie Beats was in on Max, that full circle. Mm-hmm. I thought she was I thought she was really good in it, but it was that was more of a more of an ensemble piece that that kind of just it was okay. Yeah, just like powerful monologues and stuff. I yeah. still feel like the ones I like the most are from guys. So that that always bothers me. <laughs> you know, yeah. if I- to do a monologue or something so i always have to try to dig deep for something something what what are you what are you let's talk before the pandemic a a little bit and then the process because you were you were in uh and i rewatched this uh royce wins uh series called bad for love yeah and you you were you were the you were the 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 female lead uh, I thought you were great. I thought it was. I liked it. I always get a kick out of Royce because I think Royce is funny. And he, when I started doing comedy, I mean, he was doing comedy in D.C. and then he moved here. And I, Roy was, and, and Royce was like, he's like, he's always making out with somebody. And like every scene, I was like, yeah, I would do that too if I had my own, if I made my own series. And that's why when people do stuff like that, and they say, oh, why did they pick that person? 
because mm-hmm. that's who I would want to kiss if I'm in the, <laughs> on a TV show. Women do that. Guy, guys do that when they're making their show. I always got a kick out of that. So I, I had a I had fun rewatching that a couple of days ago when I knew you were going to oh, be on. Nice. Yeah, that was a lot of fun to work on. I wish we would have kept on with it too. What happened? Because like it just ended. Let's like spoiler. Check out Bad for Love. It's it's on Royce Wins YouTube. Um, it was about it's just about a, a a black comedian being single in New York, dating and his, his a little bit. A little bit of social commentary uh too like prior when did you guys start start, start that sh- series when did you shoot that oh my god was it like 20 like youtube will say like five years ago or something like that i know we were still shooting in 2018 okay because yeah. he had a trans episode an episode mm-hmm. where he matched with somebody that was trans and he didn't realize it until after the match. And then he had a conversation with that character. I was like, oh, that's pretty, like, that's forward thinking. Like, even before yeah. all the hullabaloo oh, about it. I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, Royce. Yeah. And I thought he handled it very well, too. <laughs> yeah. I wish he would have made out with her, though, too. Yeah. He's kissing everybody else. So I was just, I was just giving him a, everybody. Just giving Royce a hard time. <laughs> <laughs> I love that he 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 met a stripper, took a stripper home. I was like, yeah, really. mm-hmm. it's so funny. Like it's you fun. say that about you know choosing whoever you want to kiss and stuff like that. Like I have that in the series that I was. Yeah, watching. I wasn't thinking about that too much as as like compared to like what I said, the anti-hero thing. Sure, of course, of course. Also, people see me a particular way. And then, you know, I go on interviews or whatever, and I make sure I also put that out there. But it's like, let's go beneath that. Let's go into what I might really be thinking, but I'm, I would never actually do. Now I actually get to put that out. You brought, see, now you brought, now, now I like this where we're going, but I still want to, I want to talk a little bit about Royce. And then I want to talk Royce's show. And I want it's bad for love. And I want to talk about, about like how you think, how people see you, what, what that is like. But I th- I thought that it was like I saw you in in Gimme Shelter. I remember when that was out. You I remember seeing that seeing you in that. That was good with Vanessa Hudgens. And um, but Bad for Love is like I got to see you kind of like on a regular basis and see your chops and everything like that. So what was that experience like? Like um, what was it like from like the when you auditioned or were you asked to do it? What was that process like? For bad for love, I um, I think there was actually someone else he might have thought of, but um, what? Um, oh, I'm boys! Before, no, no, before we I'm got, <laughs> before we got contact, but I do know, um, Amina reached out to me, uh, and fellow comedian, and um, she said that he was casting, so I did like a self tape for it. And okay. boom, you are <laughs> definitely the one. You are the one. Yeah. So um then it was a lot of fun usually like on set with um shooting. Of course, it was also other comedians and stuff. Yeah. Uh so it was tons of fun because of that. And 
then we had to take like a little break while he was trying to write more episodes. And I went to uh, Puerto Rico also during the time and shot She's Gotta Have It. And when I came back, it was funny because he wrote a line mentioning she's got to have it right now it was weird and it did he know oh he didn't know okay Okay. i was just like yo what yeah (laughs) it was weird and yeah so i'll tell you my i'll tell you my spike lee story off mic yeah Uh, so (laughs) so there so there's like so you you guys did that that was was that over the course of like two or three years or about yes okay yeah i really i really dug it i was looking forward to it while it was you know while you guys were putting them out and mm-hmm. and then just re-watching it i think it was on sunday i was like damn she just i got an acting job i'm out i'm leaving and he's just like fuck you and he's like can you my own word bro is he gonna write me off that's what i have to do yeah. Well, I I thought he's probably gonna go out to LA and and get you or something, try to come meet you or whatever. I don't know, but I I did like that. I thought that was fun. It was a fun, a fun series, and I thought that um, y'all did great work. Thank you. Yeah, because you know, never you never really see. Oh, it's like you don't see us doing it that much, or I don't know. How do you yeah. feel about that? Or what do you what do you think? Or am I just missing stuff? I agree. There technically though, there's like more, I guess, avenues or ways that we're able to make it happen, like with Tubi and things like sure. that. But it, it just I think it somehow just becomes really challenging, I guess, to be able to bring everyone together. For example, right. like I'm working on a series now, Miss Education, and getting everyone's schedules together, that seems to sometimes be the challenge, like the biggest challenge and stuff, that and budget. So I'm imagining that must be it for a lot of other people that are trying to do that, you know? Right, right. It was fun. I was going to introduce you as the star of Bad for Love when I (laughs) introduced you, but you know. Yeah, I, I thought that was really, really fun. So so back back to like you, you're writing this series for yourself. When you go on auditions, what are they what are they seeing? What are you going out for? What are some of the roles that you're you're reading for when you're going out? Um, it was funny for a long time I didn't know how people saw me. And then I had someone recently tell me. And um they basically get I could either be like the lawyer that knows everything about the law and is passionate about justice and all that other kind of stuff. Yeah. um, The really kind of caring nurse. Um, But I could also give you like a reality check about things. Mm -hmm. Um, Usually it's a thing. uh, And and she said, I have like a particular boss energy. I always said, really? What? (laughs) I can see that. Boss energy? Yeah, I was like, really? A casting director said that to you? Former. Oh, former. Okay. Yeah, she's a former one. And um, so most recently, I had auditioned for um, one of Tyler Perry's shows, Sisters, and that one, I auditioned as someone that was in, you know, in the military. I I can see that. Like, you you are, because it's like, I don't want you to take it the wrong way. I won't grizzled ingenue 
Because mm. like you're like you're pretty, but there's more than just like your looks. There's like gravitas there. So there's this just like you have this groundedness where you're just not a pushover. So, yeah, you could do that and then probably just surprise people with the vulnerability. You know what I mean? That's how I look at it. I could I could see when they when they when you said military, I'm like, yeah, I could see that. But then it's just like, you know, yeah, that's that. I had yeah. an audition for like yeah. for the reason. Which I thought was interesting. I never have felt I'd come off as a cop though. Like I could see the lawyer, but not really the cop. That's for me. So I was a little surprised. I think it's just a part of it's just like you're you being a New Yorker. Mm. I think that's your I think it's like your the swagger I think. I think you could just yeah. I get the I get the the I get the cop or the security guard or the uh uh what what's some other things uh dad yeah. uh, uh any any it, it runs the gamut like every man type stuff. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't mind it like laborer guy. <laughs> to me, I can but, see you being like a caring doctor, though. I yeah, I've auditioned for those. I've auditioned yeah. for that. Yeah, so it's 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 and then and then you kind of have to n- understand that and then play to. I guess I guess you play to it and and then you and then people are only going to see differently when you when you write something for yourself like you're like you're doing now. Yeah. So when you so. Before the pandemic, what kind of stuff were you going? Uh, you what were the other things you were going out for? That's the thing too. I, it was all over the place. Um, I noticed a lot of people didn't know how to place me, mm. or like what to do with me, because I looked really young. And then I yeah. feel and stuff. They hear my voice though, and the way I express myself, and forget it. If they saw my clips from stand up comedy, then they were really lost. Because wow. <laughs> Really adult, I look and stuff but like isn't that. that. Isn't that on them? Isn't that on them though? Because yes, it it's like th- for them to do the work, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So I was actually advised to try to play up like an age as huh. to younger. Um, but it, it, I was in a weird spot that I looked like a baby compared to everybody else in the audition room. Right. So I'm definitely not gonna get this one. You know, but yeah, I think I think it's and it's a really different for women because I think that I'm now like I'm I'm a big dude, but like I'm now kind of matching up to my age to where to where it's like, oh, I was way too young to be playing the stuff that I wanted to do with August Wilson type stuff like those dudes are in late 30s on up. So it's like I was trying to do that shit at 25. And it's like, no, 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 no. We're going to have these other dudes that are actually the age to do it. You might have the presence, but then it's like you kind of have to catch up to yourself. But if you're a woman, then it's like it's a whole nother ball game. Yeah. And it was weird because when I was younger, I was like auditioning regularly, getting all the time. And then when I hit 21, it was like a cliff. Really? Nothingness. Yeah. What what are we talking like the like the mid 2000s? Um earlier than that. Really? Thank you, though. No, <laughs> Thank no, you no. Uh, 
<laughs> I'm, I'm sure you see how I'm finessing it. It's not. Yeah. It's not you're a lovely woman. It's not. It's not like. It's not like. Uh, like around 2008. Like around. Okay. Eight, um, when I graduated from college, all of a sudden I was thinking, oh, I'll be fine. And so I already know what I'm trying to do in life. And then graduation yeah. came and then silence. It was like, oh, the rug. And then that's also, and then I guess that's also the economy collapse too. Everything. Yeah. Everything. It, like everything, every disaster has been perfectly timed for when it's time for me to make a major move in my life. I've noticed. Sure. Is what. Because you would think, I'm trying to think of the stuff that was out, but if you're 21, you think like high school stuff. What 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 was the, in Gimme Shelter? I was going to say, I did play 10 years younger in that. I was 25. Yeah. What were you in that? Refresh my memory. That so was... We were living, we were all living in a shelter together. And I was one of the girls there who befriended Vanessa Hudgens's uh, character and we all became like a big family like sisterhood and all of that you know um i was a runaway a teenage runaway you're a mom right raped and i was a mom yep yeah yeah so and that was interesting actually going to the shelter and stuff and meeting the girls who lived there as well as the lady that actually ran it you know and we're talking about folks we're talking about uh recent oscar winner brendan fraser you were in this with the yeah. legendary james earl jones yeah. vanessa hudgens and ahsoka tana rosario dawson like so th this isn't not this ain't just like you know some random random ass movie like you're you're <laughs> in this film with with heavyweights what what was it like doing that project i with those actors I um we shot it mostly, especially our scenes in New Jersey. Okay. Um, I originally was told I had to have like a Spanish kind of accent and everything. So I auditioned with that. And I was talking that way like the whole time. And I was finally asked like, wait, is that how you really like speak or not? And I was like, no. And they're like, okay, you don't have to do that. <laughs> I was like, okay. thanks. <laughs> okay he's like yeah, that's what the audition said that's what i'm coming yeah, with so, I yeah mean, yeah so i decided even whenever i was like slating and everything i still had the accent and and all of yeah. that it's like nope not necessary okay. um call back was actually at the shelter mm. that was different yeah like wow. the original was at like rutgers university some spot there and then sure. we were at the shelter and I guess he wanted to also see the chemistry and everything between us. And he even had us switch our lines with another girl to see if maybe we should be that role instead. Uh -huh. um, but he told us, the director told us that we had the exact looks he was going for. Ron you know, Krause. Yeah, because whenever you book stuff, sometimes you're like, what made you choose me? And <laughs> he told me that, yeah, I look exactly like what he was looking for because the girl that I played was black and Puerto Rican like me. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't actually get to meet her, uh, the girl that played, I mean, the real Jasmine. So this was based on a true story. Yes. Okay. It, the movie is actually a combination of two people's lives. Okay. Uh, mixed into the story. And one of the people that it's about was with us in the shelter acting as one of the girls that's mm. a friend. Um, 
of Vanessa Hudgens' character, Apple. So that was interesting um, in different ways, too, because, I mean, these were girls who were abused. And I recall, like, a particular scene. I think it was the first day we shot. We shot at a, an abandoned hospital, or at least um, there was, like, a psych ward area and everything that wasn't being used anymore. But I remember we had balloons um, because we were acting like uh, Apple Bailey's, uh, like she was giving birth, like she just gave birth. And so obviously, you know, people bring balloons or something. But I remember that this girl, she had a thing about balloons, like a fear of balloons because of her mother, mm. because of the different types of abuse that she used to do to her, like just like in the movie. I mean, there were things that she told us that happened to her that did, were not covered in the movie, <laughs> mm. but it was brutal. Now, for you, now for you doing something a project heavy at that as heavy as this one, is it something you could just turn off? Like you're like, oh, they're like cut, and then you're out of it, and then you're like, okay, what's for lunch? Or are <laughs> you are you are you carrying that with you throughout the day, throughout the entire shoot? I was still able to cut it off. I feel like I'm pretty good at, with that in general. However, you still wanted to be mindful because like some of the background people really were in the shelter. So you really got to like be mindful of what you're saying. Yeah. You know, you don't want to without knowing it, like offend somebody or bring up really bad memories. Like it, it was actually pretty simple to, to do that, you know? Right. So. Um, but everybody got along on set. And then the there were a lot of babies, clearly. There were a lot of babies um, on set. So there was that aspect, too, that we had to be mindful of. It was kind of on the like kind of lighter side of things, though. Um, like I told you, I was like 25 playing a 15-year-old, but people on set didn't know that. And I remember on the call sheet, they had a little K next to my name. And I was like, excuse me, what is that? K mean does that mean that they were like kid so that I wouldn't work past a certain time because they thought I was a minor. I'm like, no, 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 no. Adult, I want to give up. You know what I'm saying? You're not gonna cut off my time. Yeah, right. That's uh, funny. Yeah. So you were really in it then. So you were you you had them, you were locked in. Yeah. Um but everyone was great. Vanessa was nice uh, to work with. James Earl Jones was funny, and he was mm -hmm. talking about um, he was talking about meeting my my abuelita and stuff. I showed him a picture. He was flirting. Stuff oh, like, he's flirting with you? He, no, not with me, but oh. my grandmother. And so oh, gotcha. I'm meeting gotcha. her. Okay. I was like, okay, James. All right. <laughs> like I, I could bag him. I'm a legend. Why not? No, yeah, I'm Darth Vader's voice. <laughs> um and then rosario dawson i didn't get to share a scene with her but it was kind of funny because i had interacted with her just online and stuff before i mm -hmm. had her um this music video i made about crocheting called straight hooking like i was rapping and stuff i don't know if oh, you have i don't i don't i have not seen that you gotta yeah. send a link to that no and um, so there was a time that Rosario does before we ever worked together, got to see that. And then whenever we were at the premiere and stuff, she remembered who I was. 
with that video. She was like, I got yards for yards. She said, what am I? Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So that was a fun moment. And it seems like she would be fun to hang out with. Yeah. She was really cool at the, uh, at the premiere and everything. Um, and, and Brendan is a sweetheart. And mm-hmm. absolute sweetheart to everybody. Yeah. Well. You had me thinking now. Uh, damn, what was I going to say? I'm probably oh, gonna... and I worked with... Um, oh, my God. I'm saying the wrong name. In, in Dasha Polanco before she was yes. on... Before she was on Orange is the New Black. So she we worked together and then she booked that and was on there. Cool. Uh, that was also cool. Yeah, I did an episode of Orange is the New Black. Uh, filmed it on in Westchester at a real prison. Wow. Yeah, but it was the the where we filmed was like shut, closed off. Yeah. So it was like they didn't use it anymore. But yeah. Yeah, I she's really good too. Both. Huh? I auditioned for a couple roles on Orange is the New Black too. Yeah, I that what it so have you that's one thing too that I want to talk about. Like there, so I, I told you before we cut on the mic. Um, there, like one of my first big, I'd done like a bunch of non-union stuff, and maybe came pretty close to, like doing stuff. I started kind of booking stuff, really like twenty seven, twenty sixteen, twenty seventeen. Before that, I was like non-union stuff. And then the first real union TV show was Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. And it was one something I put on tape and then I got it and I was on the way. I think I was just coming out of seeing Hidden Figures and I was in like Western New Jersey. I was like, oh, this is a good movie. Then my manager's calling. I've been trying to call you. And then I find out I get the part. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm crying. And I talk, call my parents. And I crying, my dad's crying, my mom's like, you wussies. And then (laughs) then I go shoot the thing. And it was it was fun, but I didn't really have any lines. I think there were reactions. And uh didn't book, didn't I got a call like a couple months later, like didn't uh got cut. And so they have, I was bummed out. I still got paid, but I was bummed out. And they, I auditioned like for like three or four more roles until like they, I booked something else. Um, You, you did an episode of um, She's Gotta Have It, Spike Lee's She's Gotta Have It. Tell, Tell me about that process. Okay, so I auditioned in Brooklyn for the role I saw. It was a pretty wide range. Um, essentially, mm-hmm. I was supposed to be a teacher, like an educator, uh, giving a speech, talking about the injustice in Puerto Rico and um, the way that the United States is holding <laughs> the island back uh, mm-hmm. economically and everything, especially considering the resources. And um, I went in, I was like, okay, all right, cool, whatever. You know, Was you he there? To... He was not there. Okay. Then I get a call back. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Nice. And he was there for that. How was that? He was there. <laughs> he liked to challenge you on the callback. Okay? Oh, I would have... 
Okay. He likes to challenge you. So it was a full on speech. And naturally, um, with the way it was written, I was like, wow, this has like a poetic kind of thing to flow to it. That So that was kind of where I was going with it and stuff. But while yeah. he's literally saying the lines, he's like louder, louder, yeah, louder while I'm talking. Uh-huh. Like a coach. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you know, some some actors can't like focus like that if somebody's talking at them while, right. while acting. And that's another thing I feel like stand-up comedy help with because it's like we a lot of times we might have a joke and then somebody interrupts and then we have to be able to hop back into it, you know. Yeah. Like, might address a call out something in the room and then you have to be able to, you know, go back to it. But I felt like the stand-up experience helped me to deal with Spike Lee's sure. And then he wanted me to also speak Spanish. So he was just like adding things on during the audition while I'm performing it for him. That's so that great. was nerve wracking for me, but I just I just went through it, you know, like a pro, so, like a professional's supposed to. Yeah. And, but I was like, I didn't get that. And Wait a minute. Okay. Almost so you a month passed. Almost a month passed. So I'm definitely like that. Yeah. Now. And then I got the call that they're gonna fly me to PR. Wow. So I was like, oh damn. Okay. So it was after it was like a month and you you got a call back then a month later you didn't hear anything. Almost a month. Yeah, until oh. I was told about a book. What was that? 2017, 2018? 2018. Wow, that's it was after the hurricane and stuff too. Okay. So there were still certain areas that were a little dark, you know, no yeah. light certain areas but um so we shot in Loisa and um yeah they they like flew me out first class put me in beautiful hotel it was just an unreal gorgeous experience and I how long were you out there want to say at max maybe three days three to four that's awesome so um yeah it was very organized and everything uh i got to see of course dewanda wise she was like in the scene yeah. with stuff that she was um taking Film. like photos and stuff and filming me while i'm saying my speech and um so that it was just a great it was a great experience with that uh spike lee he Kept on throwing like other phrases he wanted me to say, like in Spanish to add in, in and uh, like say like puñeta and all of that. I was like, yeah. really? Because there were like some kids around. I was, what know, does I, that mean? In, I think is it the so in, in PR? We say puñeta for like a lot of different things. Okay, <laughs> what's one of them? On your own shit is you know. Okay, got it. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, so it seems like he was just like throwing stuff at you to just, I guess, to see how to see how you would like manage it. Yeah. 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 And my mentor, Harry Lennox, because he's worked with him and stuff. I know Harry. That's how that's one reason we do know. I th I don't know. If we, did we ever talk about Harry? You have not. No. OK, so I met Harry in two. 2002 or 2003 and he directed this production of king of coons for yeah. congo square theater company yeah. and i was a, i remember auditioning for him i was like that's the dude from the matrix 
and, and in, in the room because I, I I didn't put two and two together till I saw him. I ended up getting an understudy part, and I was in I was in grad school, and I'd just sit for a month for like four to six weeks watching him, and he was just so cool, so great, and I stole his directing style for my job that I had working at a theater camp in Skokie, Illinois, for like five years. The way he approached the actors was just like, he's definitely like an actor's director. And my my listeners know this, but I don't think, I don't even think we ever talked about that. Small no, Love yeah. Harry. Harry is the best and he's so humble. Yeah. I, um, I met him when I was a child, when I was seven. Okay. Worked on a film together, and it ended up on Showtime. And um, he what's, the, what's the movie? Uh, the Last Call. It was okay. a little short that was like on HBO or Showtime, rather. And then um, we like stayed in touch ever since. And he still introduces me as his daughter. That's the call of dad, you know. So, yeah. Yeah, that's fam right there. And. Um, Whenever I was doing She's Gotta Have It and stuff, since he has worked with Spike, he was like, you tell him, he better be nice to you. I was like, oh. <laughs> I want to first make sure I do a good job. So I like waited to the end of the day after I did the work I needed to do. And then yeah. I wrote a message and stuff and Spike asked, he was like, how was I? I was like, you were lovely. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah Spike, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you again. It gets a little intense, but then part of me just like doesn't mind that because i think maybe the i know like i guess like coming from this loving sports and having a director be like that even in junior high one of my my first real director miss page carol page who i friended on facebook within the last year she didn't take any shit and like you suppose you it was a it was a discipline that you had to have in order to like you had to take it seriously. So ever since then, I kind of always been that way, not not like a, not like being a jerk about it, but just really trying to do a great job as best as I could do. And yeah, when you understand that somebody's doing it for the good of the project. And yeah. 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 That's cool Only though. Not just being an ass, like you right, right. Because there's there are those people too, and I don't know. Have you found? Have you have you noticed any like in your career? Have you ran into people that were jerks like that? I don't think I have yet. Someone's parent, actually. <laughs> Someone's parent. It was when I was younger. Yeah. Because yeah. it yeah. was a um. A Sears commercial with Benny Boom. Okay. Around 16 or 17, something like that. And, you know, so that's still an age that the parents might, you know, accompany and stuff. And I think he might have been younger than me slightly. The son was cool. I was fine with him, but his mom decided in the waiting area to start beefing with my mom, right? And it was the thing that the things that she was saying, it started getting to me mentally that then when I was called to be on camera, now I'm freezing up mentally. What was this Sears commercial about? (laughs) What the what? What's going on? 
that one was kind of poetic too. I'm like, what's up with me and poetry? Um, but yeah, I, I had like so they, they dressed me from head to toe. It was like about clothes and showing our stock and all of that. And yeah, I just remember mentally like being kind of still thinking about that and needing more yeah. cake as a result. And it's like situations like that that I was definitely making sure I'm like nothing can get to me here in my yeah. mind. Be in the zone and stuff like that. But um in regards to actors, no, I find I find they're usually cool. You know, you there'll be those people who are a little meticulous about something and sure. stuff, but I'm like, if anything, I see more people like with with dirt and whatnot in like the music industry. Now I do want to talk a little bit about that, but like that that is because like I'm gonna agree with you and say I haven't really run into anybody on set like that was mean. You know what I mean? Like I will say though, okay. I do know of certain stories that so it might be different. Yeah. This is how I'll say it. I have a couple of actor friends that told me things that happened to them. Sure. That weren't cool at all. Yeah. Um, I'm like, damn, how do I say it without saying it? But yeah, <laughs> you don't have like, to, you don't have I to don't say throw too much. Them. Yeah, because they're known actors. Yeah. But um, I mean, I had a friend, well, I don't care. It's it's my boy Tariq. He's doing it right now on stage a lot, Tariq Lowe. But I remember him telling me a, a story of a particular actor that he had a scene with him. And the actor that's known was saying his lines for him to eliminate his need of even being there. So I thought that was... Ew, no, that's that sucks. Yeah. Nobody said anything to this dude? No, no. It just totally eliminated his purpose of being there. Tell me off mic and I'll never watch that person. Okay. <laughs> that the the stuff, the drama that I've run into has usually just been with like it was community theater in, in Jersey. Like yeah. with egos and, and all that bullshit. There was one time I was working on a movie and I and it was lunchtime and I sat at a table that I guess I wasn't supposed to sit at. It felt like I never even went through that shit in high school. And it was some of the creepers. Oh, we're having a meeting here. I was like, all right, dude, whatever. So I just went to another table, but. You're right. You just reminded me of some nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And it was definitely, it was, it was the gospel musical that I worked on. And one of the chicks would act kind of catty for no reason. Yeah. It's, it's so weird that. Out on her. Yeah. It's like those smaller productions where it's just like, wow, your ego is insane right now. It's like, what yeah. if you realize that this is this is uh like Bergen County, New Jersey? We we're not gonna get famous off this. We're just gonna learn our lines, do what we're supposed to do. Yeah, they say a lot of the like known actors, like that a lot of them are nice. Yeah, you know, um, yeah. So yeah, and it's it's a lot of the a lot of the comedians that I've worked with that are super famous. Mm -hmm. There's one one last year that was a a bit of a a douche who was it was really disappointing mm -hmm. i talked about it on patreon once but it was just like it was just like really dude yeah you watch dude. this person another on tv friend. you're like god why are you a dick another friend of mine was working on one of the procedural medical dramas uh -huh. and, um it was almost a similar thing to my friend's story that yeah. 
said, like she had a whole um, scene where basically a bunch of nurses were leaving this hospital because of the conditions and stuff, the work conditions. And she was playing a nurse that was basically putting in her paper saying, I'm quitting. Mm-hmm. And it was a whole scene. And the main star of the show said like, um, no, let, let's do it this way. And ultimately he got rid of her. See what I'm saying? <laughs> he said, and, and there was a new director too. That um, so obviously a new director of a TV show is also trying to put their best foot forward and sure. stuff, you know. Um, so she caved into the demands of, of this actor, and it ended up just being he ended up saying the lines with somebody else in a completely different scene. He just had them nix it. He was like, how about it's positioned this way? How about he changed all the dynamics of what the director until that scene wasn't even there anymore. Oh, I saw you put it in. Oh, wow. That is so disappointing. And I've heard, I've heard stories about that, that person. It's really a shame because that. I have one myself, but it's it's not like that. It's just odd. It was just an odd moment. Yeah. It's, it's unfortunate because it's like you, and you look at, and when you're coming up, he, that that person's a couple years older than me. And I remember, oh, this this guy's path. He did this. He went to this school, and he's in this. You did these shows on, and on Broadway, and it's like that's a good path. And you can, you know, it's like okay. But then it's like, man, to find out because I had another friend who works with. Um, she's been on a show, but she's she's in the industry, and it's like, damn, that's a, that's unfortunate. Yeah. And yeah. you realize the further up you get, you realize you don't have to be that way. Exactly. All these people, like a lot of the people that I grew up watching, DL Hughley, for example. Nice. Yeah. Fucking nice. You know, it's just like, I don't know. It's it, Melissa McCarthy. Like before I could even say anything to her, she's like, hi, I'm Melissa. Yeah. And then when, when I was wrapped for the shoot, she was like, oh, I got to get a picture of you. I didn't even like process the to even try to get one to just be like, this was great. I did this thing. It's amazing. And then I was fucking amazing. No, I'm just, <laughs> it, was just, it's just it was just like, let me get it. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, yeah, so humble. You, yeah, you don't have to be a dick. And I think that's. That's so important. But then some of those people, because they're talented, they get they do that stuff and they get away with it. Just Kanye out the whole <laughs> <laughs> just Yeah, it's it's wild. <laughs> I wanted to so so now like post-COVID, I know we talked a little bit at when we were at Union Hall. What's it been like? What are you doing the the eco casting? Are you you doing stuff from home? You're putting stuff on tape. How how's that going? Yeah, so um definitely I was doing self more self-taping. Um I initially before COVID happened, I hated self-tape. Hated, hated, hated them. Why did you hate it? For that same reason that I like theater. They I like yeah. that feedback. Sure. A casting director could give you in the room. Yeah. Say, okay, yeah. So for the next take. Let's just tweak this one thing and that's it. And you don't get that kind of guidance 
at all. What about, well, so who's reading with you? Is your fiance reading with you or your? It depends where I am because sometimes, okay. like if I'm in Queen, back in Queens, because I bounce back and forth. Sure. Between New York and PA all the time. But, right. Uh, so sometimes I'll have my parents read with me. Sometimes, But they I'll... know the game. So it's like they not, they shouldn't, I would assume that the readings would be pretty good, right? Yeah, the reading part was fine. And that yeah. is fine. I just don't like the lack of notes back or whatever yeah. from a casting director themselves. Because, of course, they have the most intel of what, sure. you know, is being sought after. So not yeah, it felt like a shot in the dark, basically. Yeah. Um, so then I received training also on mm-hmm. how to like self tapes better and everything. And I feel better about it and in certain ways prefer it now. There's certain things I still, you know, it's still a lot of work, especially for women if we're doing our now. We always had to do our hair and makeup and stuff and, yeah. and wardrobe, but now we're also in charge of lighting, in charge of camera, in charge of the background. Yeah. It's a production. All right. Yeah, exactly. Everything's a production that could get a little tired unless, of course, you are able to have that setup there yeah. continuously all the time, every day. Then that's one thing, but not everyone can do that. Yeah. You know? I, my manager, I'm fortunate enough, my manager will help me. Uh, he'll read he'll read opposite me or his assistant will read opposite him with me um it's been pretty good like because he'll say no no <laughs> so that was like and then we'll get it but like uh yeah there have been sometimes a couple times where i'm just like what the fuck i'm just like beating my head but like there's been it makes you look at yourself more because like I, I do it on my iphone and mm-hmm. i look and look oh that's pretty good that's a pretty good take i like you know I'm pretty good. I learned that I was pretty good as an actor. You know, not not to not to be a douche, but it's just like, oh, that's when you make those changes. Okay. Oh, this is this is different than that. And you know, like you try, I try to what do you do? Do you do like two or three takes? And that was the thing. I didn't know before I took like a class about it that I could okay. do more than one take. So I I was then beating myself up about, you know, past auditions. I'm like, damn, oh, I yeah. another, you know, take with a different feel and stuff to it. Yeah. Uh, so now I know better and I've been doing that. You yeah. Know? I, I read with my friends uh, sometimes. Yeah. Um, so if you need somebody, we can, we can do it because it, it'll help me. It'll help me too. Yeah. I, and I'll be like, how come I didn't get to read the main girlfriend part? <laughs> I won't. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't. Do that. I've helped a lot of friends with their auditions and stuff. And yeah. Too, if you need it. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Because if it's if it's big, is there? Are you finding like? I find myself like, I've auditioned for some stuff that was quote unquote, um, like what do you call it? I don't. Not. Not. It's not feasible. That's okayed by SAG to audition for. Have you have you auditioned for stuff during the strike? Stuff that's been approved to? Um, not so much. Um, I mean, there will be things on, you know, like backstage. Yeah. So that because of course the independent stuff you could do as long yeah. as the interim agreement and all of that. So I'm glad that is something that's in place. So I was working on that in 
and miseducation mostly during these mm-hmm. times. Um, yeah, so I definitely miss because I was getting a nice roll on with with auditions. I was like, oh, look at me auditioning yeah. regularly again, and then we strike, you know. Um, but right. we necessary thing. Like things gotta change, and we can't yeah. let the robots take over. No, we can't. And I and <laughs> I don't know. And like you, I mean, I, I feel like you've always worked in between. Like you always seem to have had a survival job. And it and it seems like now that we're in this, more people are starting to become aware that this isn't just all glitz and glamour. It's like I've had since since I can remember had a job and did acting you know, at night or when I was doing theater in Chicago. And when I first got on that Kimmy Schmidt set that, that one of the cast members who was also a day player was like, what's your survival job? And I was like, Oh yeah, that's a a survival job is what we do to survive in between gigs. Like, you know, while we're not working and that's unfortunately for a lot of people, it's, there's only this, the Tom Cruises and the Issa Rays and the Will Smiths and Idris Elba and Kerry Washington, Reese Witherspoon. That's like a, that's like, those are the one percenters. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just, I think people are failing to realize that it's just like a weird told- thing. Cause it's been my, yeah, it's been my life for so long. And a lot of people that I know have had jobs. How do you think people are becoming more aware of that? Like, are you what's your perspective on it? I think they're starting to because Mm -hmm. similarly, like what I told you with the lack of understanding when I was a child going to auditions. Mm -hmm. uh, Imagine the lack of understanding in the workplace with that. Yeah. Job and then having an audition. And I mean, that created a huge conflict for me as a result. I was working in post-production at an edit house and stuff, and I was just um, accepting a a higher position in the company. And I remember back in the soap era and stuff, um, being given the chance to be a reader. And so I was like, oh, okay, cool. And But it was at the same time. And I was like, oh, see, this is already... A preview of what it'll be like you know and then I had an accident with my hand actually that I wasn't I wasn't able to do neither that's a whole other story oh no yeah so it was like just heal it became that but um as far as survival jobs and stuff yeah like I told you I, I've been used to juggling a whole bunch of things like at, at the same yeah. time I'm a real estate agent right so, not selling houses because that's still like acting. Yes. You know, <laughs> there are times you're not closing something. So I like the flexibility with it, but you still need to make money in the meantime and in between time. So I've done also photography on the side and also working as like a brand ambassador dealing with experiential marketing. Those are like the main ones I've done. Okay. Uh, several years um so yeah it's like what do you need done i'll do it like that's basically okay yeah yeah no it's a it's a thing it's i just i think sometimes and 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 the same for comedy where it's a business where when you start off 
an industry where you start off, you're not getting paid. Mm-hmm. And and it's like you think, well, how do you, how do some people sustain a lifestyle of and living in New York, living in any major city and being able to like pay your bills? Oh, maybe they they might come from money. Some of these people, I, I remember there's like five or six years ago, there was like this veil lifted that, oh, this person comes from money. That's how they get to do that. And it's not even the fact that it's the money. They have the time to be going to these shows and staying out late, doing the hangs that you're supposed to be doing. And they don't have to get up at five o'clock to go to work the next day. Yeah. You know, and it doesn't mean that because you can't do that, that you don't care. It means you really do give a shit because you have a job and you you're going to work the next day. I did that for years when I first started. Yeah. And it's, it's just, I mean, I don't know. You know, comics, that whole thing of just making money through comedy and quitting their own jobs and stuff. And then once the pandemic hit, it was like a really rude awakening for some people, you know, Yeah. that, and it was in that time. And, you know, even, even I've had my times that I felt weird or whatever. It's like, damn, they, they almost made me feel like I wasn't going hard enough. And I'm like, but I'm doing the best. During I the pandemic? No, no, no. Beforehand. Oh, before. Beforehand with that whole, you know, trying to yeah. just be, you know, just earning all your money through stand up or even through just acting and stuff. But then when it's not realistic. Down, yeah. When everything yeah. shut down. It made me actually happy that I did have these other, you know, in my arsenal. You yeah. Know? And you got to be able to do a lot of things. It, besides, it, especially as an actor, it like helps you for any role, really. Like, yeah. there's some different types of occupations out there. You'll have some kind of experience on some level with that kind of job if you've done yes. all yeah. the <laughs> It's true. It's true. It's it's one of those things. And you're talking about music earlier. Weren't you, were you in videos before? Yeah, I've done some music videos. Would you say that's, that you were like video vixen? Is that the right word? Or what is it? I don't feel like I got to that point to really be myself, but I was in a few music videos and um, video trickster video. What do you call uh, lower than that video? Kind of bad girl. See, I wasn't trying to be on any of that, you know? You were not Melissa Ford. No. Okay. But I did a few music videos. And I what did you do? Which ones? I saw a picture of you and, and Mario, right? Yeah, I worked with Mario when I was 16. That was, was a, that? that was a weird story. At least one part to me is... Oh, shit. Uh-oh. No, no, no. He's... He was fine. Okay, <laughs> was, all right. I was, like, he was exposing. Sure. I was like, oh shit, we about to be on baller alert. Oh shit. <laughs> about to do numbers. No, he's fine and he was um he's very talented. Yeah. And everything. I just thought it was weird because he was 16 when that came out. Yeah. Uh, from Baltimore, Maryland. Yes. From my from my area, from my area. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um I auditioned for it at the same Casting studio, I auditioned for the Sears gig. But anyway, okay. so I was booked to actually be the main girl in okay. that music video. Which and, video? What song? Uh, Just a Friend. Oh, really? 
And then, <laughs> that's not the and then they said, I look too young. I'm the same age as Mario. Okay. Like he was, he was pushing up I on a 12 year old. I'm 16. You I'm a 16 year old. So what did they do? They got a girl who was, she was either 23 or 25. They uh. put hair on her. They put breasts on her. They put a, a butt on her. All these things. I'm like, you could have just put makeup on me. Yeah. That's what I was saying is weird. Like That is weird. That is weird. Super weird. So they still used me, but I was one of the girlfriends in it as opposed to the main one. They, they made that decision. Huh. And I remember on a break, her taking the little chicken uh, cutlet chicken for her bed and, and sleeping on it for a nap. I'm like, ain't this some disrespectful? Wow. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Interesting times. Interesting. I I actually thought about, I don't know, making videos about all my different experiences throughout the years. You should. Do you talk about it in your stand up? I don't. Only because I just feel like it's still a little more niche, like, you know, like with the acting kind of thing. I've touched on certain things, but not not much, you know? People I don't see commercials for lawyers and stuff. They're like, these are real people, not actors. I'm like, damn, yeah. I'm a real person. So I don't think we have we never did any shows together. Are you sure? I don't think so. Okay. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> you no. probably just we saw each other at Comedy Outliers, I guess. I, guess I don't so. know. Because I mean I have performed all around the city. Like no, I know you have. I've seen flyers. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying you're not in the game. I'm just. I know you ain't in these streets. You don't have these stages. I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm just saying, saying. I don't think we ever did anything to get any shows. I, I'm not sure that we. Have. It's all right. Maybe maybe in the future. Yeah. Um. So you After did the. Run, so. What's that? After I get because uh, last year was one of like a year of. Maturity, I guess you could say. There was a yeah, lot. Speak, speak on that as much as you want to reveal. Uh, speak on that some. So I know we talked about it on Friday, but yeah, because like after the pandemic and stuff, well, after lockdown and stuff, I went back on stage immediately. Mm-hmm. And during the pandemic, I was even doing when we were doing the Zoom shows. I was doing that too. Oh, I didn't even do those. I was like, Fuck, yeah. I'm not gonna, you know. You mean you don't get? You know, gratification from seeing the little clap icon. No, I just did. I just did. Po- I just did my podcast and did stuff with friends. I didn't. I didn't do. I didn't do stand up until they let us go back. It was like the first, like maybe the first, the first time they said you could go back, and everybody was like, eh, "Do I wear my mask?" And, eh. So it was like probably mid twenty twenty one. I would say. Okay. Spring of 2021. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so After I, mean, I got vaxxed. Yes. Yeah, so I was still performing even then, you know, and but last year between, you know, I was trying to buy a house and stuff. So I was like, really right. Fine You're trying to do grown up stuff. Yeah. And then losing money because of the crypto markets. Oh, shit. Oh, no. Yeah. Because the plan was to get married and get the house so i wanted to get the house first secure a place to live in and then we have our wedding and um i wasn't even doing anything risky uh Mm -hmm. per se 
it was in a stable coin. So that basically, I don't know how aware you are. I don't know anything. So basically, the stable coin was um, pegged to the dollar as far as its worth. So one dollar, like US, one UST is equal to one US dollar. You know, so I was in this whole thing that basically you were able to just um, think of a glorified savings account. Okay, Mm -hmm. you're able to just keep your money there on the platform, allowing other people to um, essentially on the on the platform. There were different transactions that people do and stuff and you get money also from them doing those transactions and you were accruing interest. So my money was growing. I was like, ah, damn, great. I was going to withdraw all the money, which was my original plan. (laughs) My original plan was withdraw all of it whenever I was going to buy the house. Instead, I said, you know what? Let's let it sit a little longer so that it could accrue a little more money. And then right after closing on this house, the money I had went to zero oh because it depegged from the U.S. dollar, and it was worth like three hundred dollars by the time. Yeah, so it was, it was thousands of dollars and some of that shit. Oh my god! So that that'll level you, you know. And it's hard to create comedy out of that. Uh, yes, you, well, you can after you get past it. You could exactly. So it was that. And then remember the student loan kind of thing, like, oh, yeah, everybody, you could even possibly be reimbursed money, like up to $10,000 and stuff. And there was a lot of, for lack of a better term, fuckery going on with that, even on the government's site in regards to what you could do by what deadline and Mm -hmm. stuff. And Let's just say your girl wasn't covered and I'm not getting that money back either. So it was just a lot of hits, like back to back. Um, So that's, and so it was like, damn. And looking back at my jokes and stuff, I even changed, like I, at one point was on a plant-based diet and all of that. Um, I mean, nothing against it, but I realized I did it for like three years. I was like, yeah, it's not really for me anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I realized um, just in different ways. I went back to eating meat and it was just a lot of different changes I felt I was having. Looking back at my material, I'm like, damn, some of this doesn't even resonate with me anymore. So well, that's like, when you stop doing it. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. so now I'm like, OK, I- I'm missing being on, on the stage and. I'm like, okay, I need to I need to start writing again and figure out how to make this new stuff. Sure. Yeah. I think that's what I'm going through now. Like I I I'm like writing more and just like trying to get on stage as much as possible and just trying to live a life worth commenting on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's that's what I'm exploring as an yeah. artist. Yeah. And you figure now I'm like, like back, I was just in New York. And so now it's also the back and forth between the two states and yeah, fitting that into it too. So I'm like, okay, I got to see how I'm going to work that. That's it. Awesome. Yeah. And then there's probably stuff in PA. There's yeah, I started like searching, seeing what the scene might be like. I mean, I, I'm not too far from Pocono Palace and they have comedy shows there. And yeah. 
I saw like another two, like actually. How, how far are you from Allentown? About an hour away. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's not too bad. No, out here, that's not too bad. Considering yeah, I was trying to think because I've done stuff at, at Steel Stacks. Mm. Like they have some shows. I don't know how, and I need to. I need to try to get get up with them too. But like, there's I, there's comics. All you got to do is meet a couple of them. They'll yeah. they'll have stuff where you could just work out out there if you wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I mean, I am back enough in New York to be able to to do that there too. So yeah, yeah. Or both. Yeah, hell yeah. That's what you got to do. I mean, that's really that's really what it's all about. Like, I think the more comics you meet, I think the more it'll, it'll work out. I mean, that's, that's what I need to do. I need to do. I'm, I'm trying to do the same thing. So I know, I know exactly what you're going through. I understand. Um, I, I would say though, like for me, it was best. I like eco casting because before the pandemic, it was, I would, I would, my day job was in Westchester. I had to drive an hour to like, you know how it would be like lower Manhattan and go all the way down and then have to go all the way back up the west side highway to get back to jersey and that's why i like self-tapes now yes yeah 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 because if you're and then if you're like a day player you go you do all that you pay 20 bucks for parking you go in the room and you say mr wallace your your case files are in section 6e and then you leave you just say that one line and you take your ass back and they're like Oh, you didn't get it. Mm-hmm. And now think about it. They're trying to now have a congestion tax in New York, too. Yeah. Trying to go to auditions with that also. That would be not. So I do appreciate it. And then it also allows more flexibility. Like if you do have your survival job. Yes. Yeah. Your yeah. grandma doesn't have to die for the sixth time and you can just do it after work. You know? Right. That's and that's what I used to do. I would try to get I would try to get the audition pushed to like after four o'clock so mm-hmm. I could make it down there to, to do it. And I guess because of my manager and because I was reliable, they would do that for me most of the time and it would work out. But it was that was very stressful. It was super stressful. Yeah. I would say yeah. the only thing maybe downside now, um, like once you get the mechanics interview, it's just Technically, there should be, unless it's a thing that says New York local um, mm-hmm. or competition. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, because now anybody from all over the world can submit. Well, you know? I mean, that's the game. I don't <laughs> even look <laughs> like, at it. It's like, that's not it. Yeah. Because sometimes you, I, I was upset. I was saying, telling some, not upset, but I was bummed out about auditioning i'll tell you i could tell you off mic but one show where i would have it would have been great to book it mm-hmm. but then you see who actually gets the part it's like oh this person's super famous so yeah. why did they just cast that person why did i even why did i even try but then my manager was like well you you gotta think you're in the on we're all in the game you're in the same position as this other person who is more a little is more famous and it's like you're still in the mix but yeah. until you break through it's that's when you break through i guess you know yeah but what are like, you gonna... one of the first um actual self tapes that i did 
I felt so good about that audition too. It was like, they, but then I saw who they chose and were definitely different and I looked younger too. Yeah. <laughs> it was for Misty, Misty Night for um, Luke Cage. I auditioned. Oh, they went older. Yeah. <laughs> she's yeah. beautiful. No, she is gorgeous. Yeah. But she's a lot older than you. Yeah. That's like, it's like, but. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> but to be considered, I bet they probably had you read for something else too, right? On that they show. Did. Yeah, because yeah. you did Not a good on that job. show, but on another one, a different one. But a different, like Marvel. Yeah, it was still Marvel. I did a an episode of Jessica Jones where that was fun. That's when I started to like not because I'm a theater person, you you think like, was that good? And 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 I said, Was that okay to the director? And she said, Chris, um, if there was something wrong, I'd tell you. And I was like, oh, okay. All right. All right. If they don't say anything, then you're good. And yeah, I definitely had that feeling too with, with yeah. I was like, how was that? How was that? Yeah. Because yeah. the first, because, because you got to, because like, I, I don't know from, from my perspective, like as a day player, I, I think really as any type of actor that comes on set for TV and film, it's just like, you just have to know your shit and do what you're supposed to do because you're just a. I think really no matter how where you are on the call sheet you have to just you have to play your position and just play your part and Mm -hmm. that's and not worry about anything else and not be too I don't know self-absorbed but that's it's easier said than done I guess especially with those other you know smaller roles it's not about you at all yeah (laughs) it definitely isn't yeah yeah, it's true. Like, um, do your part to play, you know, to tell the story, and that's it. That's true. That's that's and and when it, when you get down to it, that's all you can do. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Show up, stand where they tell you to stand, and freaking deliver. Yeah, well, Lania, this has been delightful. I think we covered. I think we covered a lot. Yeah, we did. I think we did. I think that's good. Um, so do you have anything coming up? Do you have any? It's the series I told you about with um miseducation. Have you filmed stuff or we're still yeah, we're still filming. Oh great. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So that's oh. that's coming soon. Exactly. So that's what I have coming out. Cool. Okay. I well a, I worked on a short too, but I don't know if they I don't know if I should mention it yet. Okay, that's fine. Oh yeah, because yeah. we really can't promote. But your your stuff is your personal yeah. stuff that you're you're writing. Um, well, that's that's great, everybody. Uh, thank you so much for listening, Lania. This has been a pleasure. It was so good to get to sit down and talk to you, uh, everybody. Thank you so much for listening, and I will talk to you next time. Take it easy, everybody.